Hey friends, welcome back to the Pastor Talk Podcast as we finish our series today on books that we like, books that have been important to Michael and myself, um, both from a personal standpoint and a professional standpoint. I think today we probably, as we've tried to kind of graduate up the scale, uh, in some ways, Michael, at least from my perspective, the book I'm looking at today, it, it, they seem the, the narrowest, maybe the the most intense and in some ways the most involved. So I think on the front, we probably need to be honest and say these books will likely appeal to a fairly select group of readers, people who are comfortable with some theology, people who are deeply interested in, in church, um, to some extent, the broader context of Christian life, but certainly in, in this book that I'm looking at today, really focuses in on the congregation, the, the community of Jesus. And, and I think probably a general comfort with some, uh, some deeper and in some ways, maybe some more academic writing. Is that fair on your side? I think that's fair. I, I wouldn't say that this is classical Christian theology in that it's from people I think of as pretty contemporary. It is not shallow. <laughs> this is the deep, deep end of the pool. In fact, Clint, uh, as I sort of kick us off, I was going to just simply have this book, Christ the Center by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It's not the first book of his that we've had in this series. Uh, but I started going through it uh, so I could put together some thoughts to share with you. And it struck me anew, like, oh my goodness, yeah, this is much deeper than what I remembered. And I think I would even want to go through this again uh, to read it. It is full of a contemporary Christian theologian reflecting on some of the history of the ancient church as well as the Reformed church, and and then doing some work as that relates to our contemporary society. So I, I'm going to talk a little bit about this, but it's just to say I read it and thought, whoa, yeah, that that's deep, and not everybody might want to jump into that deep end of the pool. So I'm also going to throw on here sort of as a postscript, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. I'll offer very few thoughts on that. I'm sure a lot of you have already heard of this, but these are the two books I'm bringing. Uh, Clint, you know, Christ the Center for me, the reason I selected this, and, and I know we did this series on uh, Bonhoeffer and Life Together on Community, mm-hmm. certainly want to recommend that series to you if you'd be interested in going through that book with us and our thoughts on it. This book, though, was the one that I think had the most depth in my own theological journey because what Bonhoeffer did was he wrote a book that from his vantage put Jesus Christ at the center of theology and and Bonhoeffer is well known now in scholarship for being somewhat unique in transcending what was in his own day that line between liberal and conservative. We, we still have those terms today. They meant something different when he was alive. But Bonhoeffer was deeply committed to this idea that Jesus Christ is always simultaneously the Son of God and, and spiritually true, but also incarnate in the life of his people, that we should take Scripture seriously when it talks about the church being the hands and feet of Christ. And he blends them in an intellectually honest, nuanced, a very deep kind of way in what is a very tiny book. I mean, this here works out to 113 pages in in my book. Um, A really, really fascinating read. But if I'm going to be honest with you, uh, this is not the kind of book that you're going to sit down 
and read on the beach. This is not a quick read. This is a book that you read with a pencil. You're probably going to be doing some Google searching to learn some of the terminologies. I mean, this is a theologian doing a theologian's work, and I think it's incredibly generative if you give it the time. Yeah, if if Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote anything shallow, I'm not aware of it. He, <laughs> Fair. He is the kind of author, with, with both his intellect and his spirituality, he is the kind of author that you will find yourself, I think, if you, if you try to read Bonhoeffer seriously, you will find yourself stopping sometimes mid-sentence, sometimes after a paragraph with just the weight of it settling in. And, and it's not that he's verbose. He, he's not it's not complicated to read for the most part. It's just that he has a way of mining out the, the deepest stuff of the faith in a way that most of us have to stop and think about on, on a pretty regular basis as we work through his books. And, and well worth reading. Uh, please don't hear that as criticism. He, he is an amazing author because he was an amazing pastor, an amazing person. But you should not be fooled by the size yeah. of a book like that because if you give it your ear and do it justice you may be with that for a month yeah. I, I mean you you may you may find yourself slogging through that and it well it probably wouldn't feel like slogging but it's not fast reading by any stretch no, I, this is one of my most marked up books uh, in my library because of the amount of time. I mean, in, in some cases, it's every paragraph has a thing that's been underlined. I think what he does, and this will give you a sense for it uh, here a little bit, um, is he breaks the book into uh, what turns out to, in the end, be three parts. Uh, part one, he talks about the, the present Christ, and he works out in that section uh, what the church has theologically believed about how Jesus Christ is the center of our fellowship and community, what that means for the world, what it means for our practice of the sacraments, which is the thing that we may not talk a lot about uh, in our church settings necessarily, but it is one of the foundational elements of the Reformation, and he really works that out in a meaningful way. Um, and then in the, in the second part, which I think is maybe the part that might be the least accessible because it requires some of the most vocabulary, he talks about how the ancient Christological heresies have lived on into the modern church. And just saying that, I recognize that some <laughs> people are going to be getting off the train at that point. But I, I really want to maybe make the, the pitch or to try to convince you that if you're willing to lean into some of those terms and just do a little bit of dictionary work, what you're going to discover is that there's nothing new under the sun. You're going to discover the church has been wrestling with some of our malformed understandings of Jesus Christ since the very beginning. And so when we are willing to really sit under Bonhoeffer's tutelage in that section, what you're going to discover is our own temptations for things like the health and wealth gospel our own temptations to make faith simple or transactional or for everything to, for us to believe that everything is metaphor in scripture or that everything is literal. Like all of these have precedence in Christian history. And what you'll discover as you work with Bonhoeffer and, and you see what he's doing is he really dismantles that theologically to say, no, we have to take seriously that Jesus Christ stands apart from our experience. 
And yet mystically and spiritually and miraculously, he also works from within our experience that these things are always simultaneously true. It's the core gospel of the incarnation, fully God, fully human. And it is deeply, deeply theological. But if you followed the line of my conversation here, you've already begun to see how practical that is. It has a way of shaping our imagination so that we as Christians can disconnect from some of the societal polarities that we've been told it's either this or this. Bonhoeffer stands as a third way. Now, you could disagree with him, though I think one would want to do that with some humility, Uh, but what he offers is a deeply Christian understanding of the world in a world which is so divided in very secular kinds of ways. And that may not make a lot of sense unless you actually come to read the book, but but Clint, I definitely highly recommend this. Yeah, good. Um, yeah. Postscript, really, really short. If this Christ of the Center seems like that's a little bit much, uh, I would say C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity, he wrote this as a radio uh it's not drama, but it was a radio segment that got played. It was intended for those who were not necessarily people of faith, who didn't necessarily have a faith vocabulary. It is a very accessible treatment of the Christian faith. My only caution in mere Christianity is I've often had conversations with folks, and the thing that they say about mere Christianity is it's some kind of apologetic for the faith, like if you read this book, it's it's a proof text for why Christianity is true. I don't find that a helpful way to read this. I, I find this an expression of a very thoughtful, very well-written Christian on their faith, on why they believe it, on, on why they believe that it's historically reliable, why, why it is uh, deeply connected to our own experience of the world. And um, if you're interested and exploring someone else's faith, and especially if that becomes for you an opportunity to explore your own faith, I recommend Mere Christianity. Yeah, Michael, I think I'd go so far as to say that if you're a Christian who reads books about Christianity, Mere Christianity ought to be on that list. It, mm-hmm. it really is one of the seminal works of 20th century faith publications. I, I mean, it's just, it's a classic. It's probably a little dated in one sense, the language, maybe some of the illustrations, but in other senses, it's timeless. I, I yeah. think that it hits all of the high points. If you are interested in in surveys of what it means to be Christian, that is one that you shouldn't pass up. If you haven't read it yet, you probably would want to do that. It's. Uh, I think you'll find it helpful. I think it's enjoyable. It's just. It's. It's just one of those books that most Christians should probably uh, encounter at some point in their own faith journey. Yeah, I want to be clear. I don't think either of these books is better than the other. I don't think that one is necessarily deeper than the other. The Christ the Center by Dietrich Bonhoeffer has more vocabulary, specific theological vocabulary that you might need to do a little work on if you have not experienced it before. C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity is not going to have that barrier of entry. And so that's why we're putting together this series, quite frankly, is to say, hey, here's some books that we found helpful. I find found both of these books helpful. And if either of those seems to you to be a better fit, then great. Hope it's, hope it's helpful. So then we turn to what I brought today, which is uh, a book written by two professors, uh, both at the time at Duke University, 
the theological school. Stanley Hauerwas, Will Williman. This book is called Resident Aliens. I was trying to remember, Michael, this uh, came out here in 1989. So um, this was kind of during my formative part of education, the transition. I, I probably encountered it first in seminary and then again in my early days pastoring. Uh, this was a pretty big deal. Uh, it was well read. What's interesting about this book, it's, it's a somewhat critical assessment of the church and the church's leadership. It's probably one of the narrower books that I've reviewed in this series in that it, it is really, it's not exclusively for pastors, but there's a lot about pastors, both encouragement and criticism of pastors and of congregations. Uh, both Howard Wass and Williman write with an eye toward leadership. It is not academic, though they're both professors, and you will encounter some academic things, but not a lot. They're, you know, for professors, I would say they're pretty readable. There's some funny stuff in here. There's a little bit of, you know, the, the tagline on this is a provocative Christian assessment of culture and ministry for people who know something is wrong. And both Howard Wass and Williman have a kind of I think they've enjoyed a little bit of a curmudgeon reputation, the idea that occasionally they're a little bit uh, sour on some things. There's some political stuff in here, uh, largely dated now, but not entirely. There's, so, there, you know, I try to think who would enjoy this book. And I, I think if you read it, there would be parts of it that you would feel challenged by. I think parts of it would be thought-provoking. There are probably other parts you might skim and say, I, I didn't really apply to me. I don't know how helpful that is. Particularly sections on pastoring toward the end of the book may not be, they, they may not have traction for everybody. What I found helpful about this book was it was just formational for me in how I came to understand that the church and the world are different from one another and that the church is to be a different entity than the world around us. And as Christians come to faith and live out that faith in a community, that community should look, act, think, function, and be different from the world around us. We have our own set of rules. We have our own set of authorities. We have our own ways of doing things. We, we have this calling to be outside of the world, but in the world, you know, in but not of, as Jesus puts it. And, and I think this book, maybe better than any other book for me, Michael, gave that flesh and kind of reinforced the idea for me that, you know, resident aliens, we live among a place to which we that we do not belong. We're not citizens of the world. We're citizens of the kingdom, though we live in the world. And that creates both tension and opportunity. And, and for me, this book sort of puts skin on that in a way that I, don't, I can't remember any other book. I think this is the book that set me the furthest down that path of understanding those ideas. If you read the New Testament, you encounter over and over again this language about the church uh, being a, a kind of island in the midst of a world. And of course, we know that the New Testament church didn't enjoy 
any of the privileges that we enjoy as a modern church. There was really no access to political power that was done from the top down. Uh, it was done through the force of Roman might. There was no access to building or to substantial resources. Of course, in the modern era, there was no access to communication and those technologies that we rely upon. I think what Howard Wasson and Willeman do, and by the way, both of, it should be noted, both of these professors stand with significant experience and reputations individually. So the fact that they come together to write this book, Resident Aliens, is unto itself somewhat of a special facet of the book that you have two experts, both well thought of, uh, even sort of different aspects of the life of the church, one more practical, one more academic in the, uh, you know, sort of seminary sense. And what you see them working out, Clint, uh, is a really transformational understanding of in, in a world in which the church has had a lot of access to privilege and power, they give us a lens to look at the church and see that sometimes that is just as much a danger as it is a strength, and we need to be aware of that as we're seeking to live out our faith. And and I'll piggyback on that, Michael. I think one of the things that makes this book interesting, looking back on it, is you know th- they're both Methodists, and so th- this is one of the few books I can think of in the last fifty years, forty years that come from a mainline perspective. You know, yeah. th- there are books like this from the Baptist sure. or Catholic or but there aren't many because the mainline church has been struggling for many decades we have not really had a, a kind of public publicized or public published voice in regard to some I mean this this book was odd in that you know a, a couple of Methodist professors write a book that ends up being very popular, very well used. It's in seminaries, but it was sort of written for everybody. And I, I would say, Michael, um, I like some of this. There's a certain, it, maybe sarcasm is too strong a word. There are parts of this book that are a little snarky. <laughs> I, and I think this book is, I think it's fair to say this book is really written through a critical lens. The church being critical of society the gospel being critical of the church, um, and leaders being critical of other leaders who fail to lead in, in the right directions. And so th- there is a, I, there are parts of this that will probably seem negative if, as you read it, but I think it comes from a place, I think their criticism does come from a place of love and concern for the church and Christian people. Though you do sometimes think you're listening to an older relative point his finger and, and rant a little bit, but I that gives it a fun flavor in in a lot of ways. I, I don't know that this book is for everybody. I think again, it might be a pretty narrow band of people who would really enjoy it. But there's a lot of good stuff in here, and I can I can imagine that anyone who would read this would find something in it worthwhile. They may not enjoy the entire book, but they would certainly encounter something that was thought provoking and helpful. I would guess. I would think. Uh, tell me if you disagree with this, Clint. I would think it would be a very strange encounter with Resident Aliens. If you weren't uncomfortable at a few points, mm-hmm. there's going to be some critiques that are going to make you uh, certainly aware. And then there's going to be other moments that I think maybe are surprisingly hopeful 
in reminding the church that we don't need access to privilege and to power and to the highest echelons of culture to be the church. There's a kind of blessing that comes in the critique, and I think if you sit with it long enough, that blessing only grows. So I don't want to give the impression that it's an easy read, but I think if you're willing to live in it, it has a lot of good news implications. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of it that way, Michael, but one of the interesting things about this book is that it was written before we have seen kind of the massive shift of conservative Christians involved in politics. And I I can't imagine that that is something particularly celebrated through the lens of this book. Um, Though I I don't want to, I don't want to make assumptions that may not be accurate, but I I think both Hauerwas and Willimon are inherently suspicious of the church monkeying in political power. And I think they have, they would both express or have expressed concerns in those regards. But, um, that was less true when they wrote this. And yet that concern is still right. in this book. I can only imagine that if they were to revisit this and write it again today, that that critique might even be stronger. So I think that is what we have for you today. Uh, three books, Christ the Center by Dietrich Bonhoeffer and Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Resident Aliens, Howard and Willimon uh, imprint still around. Um, yeah, stuff that I think, again, if you, if we have, if you've stayed with us in this series to the point that you are a person who likes reading challenging books about the faith, today's kind of your day. Yeah. I mean, th- I would say these are the ones that you may have finally gotten to. And if you do end up reading them, if anybody takes the challenge, please do let us know what you thought. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tell us in the comments a link to a form where you can contact us directly. Uh, it'd be really interesting to hear if you have other books. If it, To your point, if you've made it to this point in the series, it's likely you've had another book that's been formative for you. I think we'd both be interested in hearing what that is. So share that with us. Uh, we just want to let you know. Uh, we're going to be on a short break here. Uh, as we record this, we're in the middle of the summer of 2022. Uh, we're going to be taking a short break here as some of the mission trips and uh, summer kind of programming of the church happens. We will be coming back with some exciting new series in the fall. So stay tuned for information about that. Uh, until then, I uh, hope that uh, this gives you some good books to read and we look forward to seeing you on the other side. Thanks for listening.